Have you ever experienced something so crippling in your life that has made you feel broken? I have. Are you someone who has a giving heart but is struggling to feel good themselves? Are you consistently putting your needs aside to take care of everyone else? If so, you're not alone. Giving starts with giving to yourself so that you are able to give of yourself to other people. Isn't it time you took back control and discovered what makes you tick? Join me in my journey and find out how you can feel better about yourself, live your best life, and share that with others. Thinking of yourself, it doesn't make you selfish. It makes you brave. I'm Nelia, and this is the Giving Starts With You podcast. Welcome to another episode of the Giving Starts With You podcast. I'm your host, Nelia Hutt, and I'm so, so honored to have you come back for another episode. Today, I have a wonderful new friend who I've just met, but through the screen, I can see how personable and genuine she is. Uh, welcome, Petya Kolibova, to the show. How are you? I am doing wonderful. And what an amazing introduction, you know, <laughs> isn't it beautiful that we can really say that the energy speaks louder than any words, like how people make us feel. And it really all starts with us. How do we feel about ourselves is going to teach how other people will feel about us because yes. we cannot get anything from the outside that we are not carrying and in the inside. So how you're feeling with yourself how you're feeling about yourself, about your choices. How do you see yourself? It's how you will teach others how to see you and treat you. Absolutely. What a wonderful thing, you know? And yeah, let me just tell everybody a little bit more about you. And I can't wait to get into uh, get into our conversation because, you know, I love meeting people from around the world and you just, you don't need to have people in person, you know, this, I can still feel a connection through the screen, you know? So this is great. So Petya is a woman's alignment coach who helps those that have been pushed down and playing it small due to toxic relationships or unhealing childhood trauma to create an abundant life that is true to their soul purpose. I love this, love this, love this so much. Her mission is to help women move through their limiting beliefs so that they can finally align with who they are, discover and do what feels good to them and serve others in a powerful way. This is what this show is about, you know, living our best lives because life is just so short. So again, welcome to the show, Petya. How did your journey begin? Tell us how you got into this line of work, how you discovered that this is such a beautiful thing. It didn't feel beautiful, let me tell you. <laughs> Let me tell you, it didn't feel beautiful, you know, and, and it's so fascinating when people ask you, how did your journey become? It really, it just really depends on the perspective. If we could, we would get like philosophical, right? It's like, is it when my mom got pregnant by accident, right? Is it even before I was born, because I'm studying a human design and that says that your design is created 88 days before you were even born to this world. So did it all started there or did it started when I awakened into who I really am and didn't want to put up with any more hurt and pain to call it nicely, right? So it, it really depends, you know, how we look at it. But if we would just go the way back that people can understand it. Like my mom was dating my biological father since she was 15. 
The first time she slept with him, she got pregnant by accident with me when she was 17. Mm. And her dad, my grandfather, was an abusive alcoholic. So I was basically brought into a place of she loved me to life and she still does, of course. That was not the challenge. But the challenge is the stories that we tell ourselves. Mm. When I learned that I was, you know, like, by accident, when I started to a little bit understand with my little head, I created a story that I'm unworthy and unlovable because I, I'm here by the accident. I shouldn't be even here. And my mom would have a better life if I wouldn't be here, if I wouldn't be born. Mm. So this is something that I believed, deeply believe and look for the evidence of it, right? So I look for men who were mistreating me, who were toxic, who were cheating on me, who were abusive because my stepfather was physically and mentally abusive. And I ran away from home when I was 18 because I couldn't take it any longer, of course, to the relationship that it was abusive because I didn't know any better. And the same year that I ran away, I attempted for suicide because I just couldn't take it. I was looking in my life and I'm like, if this is it, I don't want to live it. And there's so many people who are right now living in that place and looking around and just going through the motions and looking and they're like, is this it? This is why I work so hard. This is why I was born. Why is this happening? And there is this disconnect from who you really are and who you came here to be from the societal conditioning, who they expect you to be, how you should express yourself, what you should wear, how you should look, what you should say. You know, all these conditionings and we start to trying to fit the boxes. And that's why we are feeling stuck Mm -hmm. and unworthy because we don't see ourselves through our own eyes. We see ourselves through the eyes of others and those eyes always changing, whether it's your parents, your teachers, your friends, your partners, they will change. Mm -hmm. So unless you really created connection with who you are, through yourself and stop outsourcing the happiness and worthiness, you will never be happy and fulfilled. I love that you say outsourcing because that's exactly what we do. That's exactly what we do. And not only do the eyes change, but how well do these people really know you? You know, like you only portray what you want people to see. And usually the stuff that we're made of is the stuff we hide. Absolutely. Because we don't believe it's beautiful. And, you know, for all these reasons, we all have experiences in our life. Um, And thank you for sharing yours with us. I know it's very personal, Um, but we all have these, these things that happen to us, you know, that, that we become a part of without agreeing to be a part of it. Mm. That happen that change, you know, our perspective, right? It absolutely does. And it's fascinating because a couple of things that I'm hearing, you know, when you're saying like things that happened to us, I've really learned throughout my journey. And it's not just a cliche you're saying that things are happening for us just because I went through, you know, like if you would look back into my life, you can think like, you know, this girl went through so much struggle and abuse and pain and, um, it's horrible what happened to her, right? And there are people who experience even more traumas that I did experience. However, all of that struggle helped me evolve and grow into who I really am. What I want the listeners to hear, it's you don't have to go to the rock bottom. You don't have to go through suffering. Mm -hmm. We all will go through struggle because through struggle, it's how we grow and how we evolve. But 
so the struggle it's not optional the suffering and the pain is mm. how you look at it really is so it's really about you and your perception of yourself and how you can align with who you really are and again like i said stop outsourcing who you think you should be from others because you are so needed exactly the way you are and knowing that who you are today it's not going to be who you are tomorrow you gotta give yourself permission to grow gotta give yourself permission to evolve and give yourself permission not to be the same you were yesterday and sometimes we're expected that you know when we were in our people pleasing phase when we just want to be loved just think about the babies mm. when babies are born they couldn't survive with other human being. You cannot just have a baby and have it in a forest and it will survive on its own. It will die. Mm -hmm. First of all, because it does need the touch. It needs to feel the laugh. Like newborn babies need to be skin on skin for a reason. They need to feel the safety and the laugh. But also you cannot drop the baby in the middle of the desert or in a forest and expect it to survive. It needs others. So we very quickly learn how to, I don't want to even say manipulate, but how to get what we need, right? Mm -hmm. I will cry, I will scream, I will laugh, I will be a nice person, and then you will learn, like, what do I have to do for people to love me? And that's when the conditioning starts. Oh, if I'm not screaming, they will give me kisses and hugs. Mm -hmm. If I raise my hand in school, the teacher will, you know, like, be nice to me. It's like we go through all of this conditioning and we lose the touch with who we really are. And it's so sad because that's how we are later, the lost souls. Mm -hmm. No, thank you for saying that because it's so true. Even good kids sometimes misbehave to get the attention, right? Like we do so many different things. And mm -hmm. I love that you said that struggle you know, everybody struggles, but suffering is an option. Um, if we could get our minds around that, you know, wrap around that and remember that, I think it says it all, you know, it really does. Absolutely. And we get to set ourselves for success with those reminders, whether it's reminders on your phone, whether it's reminders on your journal, you get to be reminding yourself and conditioning your brain, because if you don't condition it yourself, the world will condition it and you don't want to do that. You know, for over a decade, I don't have a TV. I don't watch news. Love it. And it's not because I don't care, but because I care so deeply. And if I receive what everybody else is telling me that is happening in the world that I cannot be giving to the world because I'm just taking all in that it's not mine. Yeah, when we have a big heart, it, we can, it can fill up with a lot of heaviness. It's hard to turn it off. So I'm so glad. I, that's a great way to do it. That's fantastic. You know, it's like I, I had to learn how to create my boundaries you know, which is, um, mm -hmm. it's, it can be, if you will believe that it's hard for me, I'm like, it's easy. It's so easy. I don't work on the weekends. I work two, three days a week. You know, mm -hmm. I, um, my phone, it's always on do not disturb. I am, um, I, you know, at seven, 8 PM of, you know, our local time, I put more, my phone on airplane mode and I don't work until like 11 in the morning because I get to serve myself first. I get to be in a space that I can be giving to this world. So if you are allowing the world to condition you, the first thing in the morning, you grab your phone and, oh, I have to, or I have a kids or whatever. No, 
Mm. My grandma, you know, the only reason why I used to have my phone on was because of my grandma, but it was still on Do Not Disturb and she's in my favorites and she could call me. Now she passed in April. Oh, I'm so sorry to hear that. Thank you. She was... Now she literally is my angel, but she was my everything. She was my baby girl. We were so close for a past decade. I would call her every single day, every single day. I would call her, you know, and she was like, I was joking, but she was like, I'm like, you're my uh, free psychologist. I cannot offer psychologist. So you have to be here for a long time with me. And then when I created six figure online coaching business, you know, she was like, okay, now she can afford anyone. So I can go probably, I don't know, but (laughs) that's what I keep telling myself that she saw that I'm doing great. She always kept praying for my clients to come into my business. And she used to pray for my dog and everything. So I was like, okay. She sounds remarkable. She is. She really is. So it was challenging year for me. This year was very eventful for me. Again, there will be struggle in your life but the pain is optional. Of course, I went through my grief and I miss her like a crazy, like she's my person, my soulmate. And I just invest my belief in that she's in a better place, whatever that is, and that she did fulfill her purpose. So that makes me feel better. And um, it gives her a life purpose. Mm, I love that. So can you tell us, the audience would love to know how you transitioned from feeling conditioned and not having a voice, let's say, to where you are today? Like, how did you, how did you begin your, your process of pivoting and changing? Mm -hmm. That's a beautiful question. And um, I realized this like years later, because as we go, we, you know, we grow and learn new things. So I started to pivot around age 28, 29. And what I learned later um, in astrology, because, you know, I'm studying a human design and it has astrology, numerology, Kabbalah, I Ching, quantum physics, all incorporated in it. So through the uh, astrology, what I learned is in an age of a person 28 and a half, when you're 28 and a half, it can be one year earlier or one year later. The Saturn, it's in return, meaning the planet Saturn, it's in an exact place of when you were born, the exact time and place. Saturn brings with itself a lot of disturbance. So it brings in the feeling of something has to change. You're not putting up with more anything. You're not settling. And you start to have this inner feeling. You cannot point it out, but it's the inner feeling of there must be something more. There must be something else. Many of my clients that I work with, I I tell them like, they're going through like midlife crisis, men, they buy Ferrari and, and get a lover in their forties, fifties, you know, women in their thirties, they're like, I'm meant for more. I don't want to be in a corporate. I don't want to be alone or I don't want to be in this relationship. I don't like my body. I'm not healthy. Like they go through this like midlife crisis. And now I see it clearly. That's what I was going through. I was getting in depression again, because my life on the outside looked perfect. You know, I had a great corporate job. I was married to a handsome guy and I was doing fitness competitions. So I had a six pack, amazing body. And on the inside, I was dying. I was struggling with bulimia back then for almost over a decade. I, I, I developed bulimia eating disorder when I was 11 years old and had it for almost two decades. And I was in marriage, but my husband was very narcissistic. 
And what do you see behind the door was not what was happening on the outside. So on the outside, everybody like, oh, you're such a beautiful couple. You're so perfect together. And on the inside, like he was cheating on me. He was speaking with other women. He was disrespecting me and all these things that people didn't see. And I just felt guilty and ashamed because on the outside, my life looked great. So I was getting back into that point of, I don't want to live like this. And I was getting depressed. And I realized that if I don't change something, my second attempt of suicide, it's not going to be going to wane. Like once you fail, like, you know, you know better, right? Like we learn. Mm -hmm. So when I was getting into that point, I was like, something has to change. And back then, this is a decade ago. It wasn't as easy as now. There was not so many podcasts and so many coaches. And like right now you go and you just like, you know, communities for everything, retreats for everything. A decade ago, it wasn't as easy as it is now, but I started to look on Google, you know, like how to overcome depression, how to feel happy, how to feel better, how to overcome eating disorder. And thank God I found Louise Hay. And that's how I started my self-love and worthiness journey. Because in my head, my inner critic was telling me, you're not worthy, you're fat, you're worthless, nobody will love you, look at yourself, who do you think you are? All these things, 24-7. That's why I was stuffing myself with food, because I was feeling empty and unlovable, and food was always there. So I started to basically brainwash myself. I started to listen to Dr. Windyra, Louis, Louis Hay, um, uh, Joe Dispenza, Tony Robbins, all these people that were giving me hope and that's what I needed. And that's how my life started to shift because I started to feel like, okay, if they could do it, I can do it. Louis Hay started her journey in her life after she was 55. Why not me? I'm 30, right? right. So that's how I started my life, my journey and how everything started to shift. And it's still turning and shifting, you know, it's like this journey of growth, it's never ending. That's, that's our contract. That's why we came here to this world to learn and grow and evolve, but not to suffer. No, it's true. And what a beautiful thing to be talking about and being open about, because I do think um, not everybody is yet on board, you know, with, with loving themselves, you know, mm -hmm. and you really, if you don't do it, who's going to do it? So mm -hmm. I think it does have to start with us. And that's the title of the show. And Absolutely. You know, it does. And nobody's coming to save you. You have to. I was hoping somebody will. I was really Me hoping too. for that, like, <laughs> you know, the white shining armor. I, I was waiting for him for 30 years. I'm like, screw it, I'll do it myself, you know? And sure. then I learned how to call him in, but it was in a moment when I didn't need him. Mm. And when I became the best lover I ever had, that's what really helped me to attract the love of my life. We just got married this June. We are together for four years. Thank you. And the thing is that the better it gets, the better it gets. You know, some people were telling me like, oh, enjoy the honeymoon phase. I'm like, no, this is what I'm planning for the rest of my life. Like mm -hmm. we said with my husband, we'll be together for 40 years and then we'll see if we want to renegotiate. But the 40 years, we'll just do our best and we will grow and invest in each other. You know, it's like, I love that so much. It, set the intention, right? Make it happen. Yes, absolutely. Yes. But nobody will come, you know, rescue you and save you because who wants needy people? Like, think about it. We all have experienced people who are needy, calling you all the time, messaging you all the time, being behind your booty all the time. Like, 
that doesn't feel good. We want to be around people who are empowering and inspiring. And we all have our down moments. I have a moments that I just like go to my husband, sit on his lap and just start to cry because I'm like the five-year-old who is tired and moody and I don't want to be adulting. And I have those days. And you need those days, you know, like everybody does and then get it out. And then, you know, here we are again, right? Let's go keep blooming. <laughs> But that's the part, you know, it, it's also grace. Like that's the part where you show yourself forgiveness. And that's part of loving yourself too. It's just, you know, if you, that's what you need to do in that moment, don't feel bad about it. Don't feel less than because it's not a perfect day. Right. You know, and, and I know for me, when I was waiting for someone to come and save me, it was the most miserable time ever because I'm like, well, why am I not good enough for anybody to even see that I'm suffering or coming to my aid, you know? And until you realize that, really, that is the opening for change. Mm -hmm. It's just, it's just, uh, yeah, life is a funny thing, you know, and, and life is so short. People say that all the time. Mm -hmm. But when you start to live differently, and you start to live by your standards, and what you believe is right mm -hmm. for you, it could be different for everybody in your circle. Mm -hmm. You know, even if you grow up with the same you know, you can have a large family, every single person, even though you had similar experiences, will look at things from their own perspective, right? So everybody will be so different. What they feel for themselves is right or wrong is very, very personal. Mm -hmm. So how does somebody in your, in your um, expertise, how does somebody start to understand themselves better or find their purpose in their mm. life? Oh, I love this question so much. And to start really super easily is you get to really know who you are. It all starts with yourself and we both know it. You name a show after it, right? So it, it really starts with you. You get to know who you are and what are your non-negotiables. You get to know what are you standing for. So up until I knew what I stand for, I was falling for everything and literally for everyone, mm -hmm. right? So... You get to learn what are you standing for? What are your non-negotiables in your life? And there is a very easy exercise that you can do that my mentor gave me years ago that changed my life. You can take a piece of paper, divide it in half, and on one side, you will write what you do stand for. And on the other side, what you don't stand for. And you know, sometimes it's just so much easier to know like what you don't like, right? Because if I ask you like, what do you really like? What do you really want? Like if you're conditioned and don't believe that you're worthy, you're not going to know. So start with the things that you don't I like. Like, mm -hmm. I don't like to say like, what do you hate? But it would be as strong as that. Like, what is that you don't stand for? So you will write on the left side things you don't stand for. 20 things. And on the other side, you will write the opposite. That will help you to know what you do stand yes. for. Right? I love that because that might be the first time you're actually saying it out loud mm -hmm. because Absolutely. we know it, but have never really uh, been forced yeah, exactly because of embarrassment or shame or what other people will think or anything. Mm -hmm. So, and I think that if you're unclear as to what column, you know, that's when you really know you have some work to do, you know? Yes. Yes. So write down the things you don't stand for. Then what do you do stand for? And 20 on each side. And then you choose three from the side. What do you do stand for? Those are your non-negotiables. So for example, 
I don't stand for hate. I stand for love. I don't stand for cheating. I stand for loyalty. I don't stand for being stagnant. I stand for growth. So those are mine, right? And then I choose my non-negotiables, which are loyalty, growth, and generosity. Like if you don't have them, you're not in my life. And it's not because you're a bad person, but it's because we are not aligned with our desires and values. My husband values are same as mine. Maybe he doesn't have the top priorities. Like he, my top three are loyalty. He's a very loyal man, but his top are like growth, family, and fun. You know, like those are his top. And those are my top two, but not top three. But we align. Mm. So you have to know your non-negotiables once you have them. And this is just the beginning of the exercise. Once you have them, I want you to write them on a visible place. Put it on a business card, put it in your wallet, put it on your mirror, put it in your bathroom. You have to see that. So you start conditioning yourself for what is important to you. If not, you will fall into the all other patterns. And then once you do have them on a visible place now, it's the fun part. <laughs> you take an inventory of your life and you get to ask yourself, Am I living this? Am I embodying this? Because Nelia, when I took inventory of my life four or five years ago, it was like, nope, nope, nope. I had a cheating partner, mm. you know, so the loyalty wasn't there. I was feeling very unworthy in charging my clients. Generosity, it's not there. And the growth was there, but I was scared. You know, like I was scared, you know, to change. I was scared to grow. I was scared if I quit my job, there's nothing else, nothing better. If I leave my partner, there's no other man because I'm getting older, whatever it is, right? Excuses. Mm -hmm. But I changed everything. I left my five-year-old relationship. I left my first business. I had other three side hustles. I let it go. And thank God I did all of these things because now I have online six figure going into the seven figures business. I married to the love of my life, who is my best friend. Now I understand that cliche, however cheesy it sounds. I married my best friend. It's like, what do you mean? Why would you marry your best friend? Like, stay best friend uh, with your best friend. Marry some guy, somebody else, like your lover, right? But now I understand. Uh, and it's so amazing. He treats me like a queen every single day. Like, we were at the gym. We finished at the gym. I'm sweaty laying on a on a mat because I did some stretching and I'm just laying in Shavasana because I don't want to do anything else. I'm done. He's still doing his push-ups, whatever. And as I'm like listening to the music, relaxing, he comes to me and he starts to massage my hands and massage my feet at the gym. Like, you know, four <laughs> years later, he treats me like we just met. Yeah, that's beautiful. And it's not to say there was a lot of hard work, I'm sure, in between. Mm -hmm. you know, from getting to being afraid to growing, like there's just a lot of, a lot of Struggle. work that was done. Yeah. But you did it and, and you can see that it was worth every second of it. And yes. I think what we all need to feel, if we don't feel worth more then we can't start, mm. we can't start this journey. So we really do need to believe in ourselves, you know, and if we don't, who's going to, right? Exactly. It's, it's, you said it perfectly, like it really starts with you and the way you treat yourself, the way you see yourself, you're going to tell others how to treat you. And I was feeling unworthy and unlovable. And that's the partners that I was attracting. I wasn't treating myself and my body well. That's what I was attracting, you know, the dis-ease, the, the being always tired, you know, adrenal fatigue and hurting like inflammation in my knees and all of these things, because 
I didn't love myself because I was thinking I'm not perfect. No one is. We all. And that's that's yeah. the thing. We get to learn to accept ourselves where we are, knowing that we can always change and evolve. But if you don't love what is, you never will love anything and anyone really. You cannot give something you don't have. You cannot go into the relationship not loving yourself. How do you want to love others if you don't know what love feels like? Mm -hmm. And, you know, a lot of people are, are walking around with this heaviness of the same thing every day and this monotony of life and just being unhappy because it's they're asking the question that you asked so many years ago, is this everything? You know, who says you have to do things in order just like everybody else? Who says you need to, you know, leave high school, go do this and then get married, then have kids, then try to find a job, be miserable in your job for 40 years. Don't change, you know, like the world is full of so much, so many different places to live. Like you're in Mexico right now. How beautiful is that? Right. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's, yeah, there's no limits, but we put limits on ourselves. Mm -hmm. you know we, you just get any alive that what do you believe you know what do you believe that you can have if you believe that all you can have it's ten dollars an hour well that's what you will believe you know it's funny because when i started my coaching business i was so scared to charge hundred dollars per session with me now my session it's eight hundred dollars and from the new year we are doubling all of my prices because i'm investing so much in my growth mm-hmm and when people hire me now, it's not, they're not hiring me who I am today, but almost four decades of my life and a decade of what I've invested in myself, tens of thousands of dollars and making lives easier for others. And getting results, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. When something is that important to you, you will make it, you know, that's, that's what you need. And, and people that come to you know that, yes. right? So that's why it works. And, you know, I love that you said with the boundaries and, you know, in your top three, because when you pick, when you're clear on what you stand for and you, you're clear on your top three, then you don't invite certain people in, you know, and like you said, it's not a bad thing. It doesn't mean that the person is, you know, a negative person necessarily. It's just, do you know how many people are out there? Like, how can you be everything to everybody? It's just impossible. Mm -hmm. It really is impossible. And for me personally, it wasn't until I started to feel better about who I was and love myself mm -hmm. that I could then be better for other people, you know, for my family, for my community mm -hmm. to start projects in different places. And that's why I believe so much um, in this topic. You know, we're not, many of us are not um, taught growing up how to love ourselves. Mm -hmm. And um, it's tragic, I think. Well, we are a new generation and now we know better, yes. we better. You know, when you look at our mothers and grandmothers, they were in a survivor mode. You know what I mean? So we cannot blame them because the, the times that they grow up in, it wasn't about love. It was literally about survivor. So now we are not in survivor and we can really create love and we can teach the kids differently, whether we have them or whether we, you know, like teach other people's kids, right? Sometimes that's easier. Um <laughs> And we teach by other our way of being. 
Mm. Of course, I teach my clients strategies and I help them, but it's my way of being. That's why they hire me because they feel my energy. They see my life. They see my results. They see how loving my clients are. My clients are referring me like people for my retreats and their friends because they so wholeheartedly love me, but it's only because I love myself so much that it's overflowing to them. Absolutely. It's coming from the overflow. And that's what we get to learn. Give from the overflow. Because if you're giving from the rest of you, there is going to be resentment. You're not giving the people your best, but just the rest. Yes. Mm. I love that. You're not giving them the best, just the rest. It's like people who work, like I still work nine to five and it's people who work nine to five. And then they, you know, if they get stuck in that and that's all they have, they come home and what do they give their families, right? Scraps, Mm -hmm. you know, they save the best for others um, because you're on, you're on performance, you know? Mm -hmm. And then just because you feel comfortable at the end of the day with your family doesn't mean you need to be a lazy member of the family. You know, you need to to do your part and, and, and um, yeah, I love this so much. I know that people that are listening have, um, are really enjoying this because I really think, you know, we can see for those that are watching the video as opposed to just listening to it, I think we can really see your confidence and how happy you are and how far you've come. And I think that's beautiful. Thank you so much. You know, and it's, it's like we said, right at the beginning, right? It's the energy of the person that doesn't lie. That doesn't lie. Like you cannot fake that, you know, it's, uh, (laughs) People have the, now they have the ability to really sense who is sincere and who is genuine. And uh, I love that I can be in a place that I can embody the possibilities and bring other women with me. I used to be in a nine to five in a job that was toxic for me in a toxic environment. I left, you know, built one business. Now I have a second business, but now it's so filling for me. I work on with my soulmate clients, women who really inspire me and who are here to change the world and help other people. And then they leave their nine to five because they need more of the energy to create and shift the world. And it's so beautiful and inspiring for me to see the women who are stepping in their power and creating the life on their own terms. So I'm excited to see your journey. Yes. Yes. I'm heading there, (laughs) but, uh, Yeah, no, I absolutely love it because you can see the transition from, you know, night to day and it does take um, courage, but it takes less courage when you're that confident and you've done the work, right? Mm -hmm. So I think that's fabulous. I'm so glad you're changing lives. Very inspiring. Where can we find you so we can connect with you and where can the listeners, you know, go to learn more about you? So my favorite place, it's on Instagram. That's where I am. I'm in my stories daily. I teach there, connect there with my tribe, share what I'm doing, you know, and um, really adding a lot of value. So that would be my number one place. And then my website, just my name, Petia Kolobova. I know you will spell it for people because they will be like, Petia, what? P what? (laughs) Let's not do that. And then also my podcast, Unapologetically Abundant, you know, because I truly wholeheartedly believe when you become unapologetic about who you really are, you create an abundant life. Yes, that's beautiful. So I'm going to ask you a question that I ask some of my guests. Um, Would you, what would you say is the biggest gift you've ever given to yourself that made the most impact in your life? Was it learning about self-love or... What, what was the one you think that 
you know, there's a lot of things you could probably put at the top, mm -hmm. but what would you say was one thing that really changed the way you felt about yourself that you gave to yourself? It's fascinating, but I would say probably not what you will expect, but it would be for me to learn about human design and investing in a human design reading because human design helped me to understand myself and why I came here because I was thinking like, what's wrong with me? Why is this happening? Why am I doing this? Why am I allowing this? So I learned about human design over, you know, over two years ago and I gifted myself back then human design reading, which was not a huge investment, but still like, do I really need it? Should I really do it? Thank God I did because I'm studying it. I have a mentor, you know, I have courses and now I'm doing human design with my clients and it literally changed my life that helped me besides the self-love this helped me to understand myself and my purpose in life so i don't judge myself i come from a place this is how i was designed to be absolutely i love that so much thank you for sharing that with us is there anything we didn't talk about today that you wanted to to end with I feel like we cover so many different grounds and we went we so did. deep that I feel really satisfied and fulfilled. That's great. I'm so honored to have met you, honestly. And I think you're going to inspire a lot of listeners today. And it's my pleasure to have you here and just to connect with you. You seem like a lovely human being and uh, I love all the work that you're doing. And I'm so glad that you've had that transition in your life and that you put the work in too, right? Like amazing. Thank you, Thank you so much. much. <laughs> I appreciate you, you know, and, and for creating the safe space for, you know, people to listen and tune into because listening, like I said, it, it really helps me. It brought me hope. And I know that that's what you're doing right now. You're giving people hope and opportunity that there is a better life. So I'm feeling really honored to be part of it. So thank you for all your work. Aww, that's very sweet. Thank you. And again, yes, can't wait to check out your podcast as well. So that's great. Thank you so much for, uh, for joining me and everybody today. Thank you. <laughs> thank you for tuning in to this week's episode. If you enjoyed what you heard, please subscribe or leave a review. See you next week on the Giving Starts With You podcast.